okay, so so the very first step, I think, in properly pricing an apartment is for a seller to use an experienced real estate broker. Um, I am here to say that a novice broker, a new agent, is going to have challenge sometimes pricing homes unless they bring in a more mature agent, meaning Gastaska Conlon. Welcome to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast, where experienced expert New York City real estate brokers, John Gostaska and Jonathan Conlon, break down what's happening in the market, what you need to know, whether you're a buyer, seller, or agent, and their insight into the future with a little bit of fun along the way. In this episode, John and Jonathan highlight their process and how to price a property to sell in Manhattan, even during the current COVID-19 pandemic, and their take on this week's market stats. The biggest asset you can invest in when listing your property for sale is finding an experienced broker who knows the market inside and out, just like the Gustafka Conlon team. Well, welcome back everybody to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast. How you doing, John? I'm pretty good, Jonathan. Yourself? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Another day, another week gone. Yeah, Uh, like that. Just... Yeah, like it seems that. like we do You're this looking every good. Day. You're looking very good today. You're looking very professional. I got to say, I put on a full suit today, suit and tie. I had a buyer tour this morning in the Upper East Side. And how'd that go? You know, it felt good. It felt good to have a, that sense of normalcy just in the work day and just be out and about. Um, and it felt good to put on a suit. I've always liked wearing a suit. It puts me in a certain frame of mind. That, me too. You know, but now that the weather has turned and we're in the 70s, it makes it, there's really no reason not to wear a suit anymore, but there still is <laughs> You can a get very, away with it in the summertime. Yeah, you can get away with it, but it, it, it's I'm funny, saying. like there's still a, a level of um, informality uh, out there amongst brokers and stuff. You know, I did see another broker in a suit, although he wasn't wearing a tie like me, but he was in, he had the jacket on and everything. Um, so it, it, you know, it's it's nice just, having that as a piece of getting back to it. Uh, you know, it's something that you don't really think too much about, but uh, what you wear, you know, uh, for, dress me, for, for myself, dress for success. Exactly. So um, what are we well, going to talk today, about? What are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about a couple of things. One, we're going to talk about the August numbers are out. So Corcoran put out their August uh, 2020 market snapshot report. So we're going to talk about just what the main points out of there. Uh, and then we're going to talk about our process of pro- pricing a, a property. Uh, first and foremost, John, uh, what did you take away from this market snapshot that's out for August 2020? Well, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary that we we haven't been experiencing or feeling. The, um, the signed contracts year over year are still below last year at this time, uh, but we've seen an, in t- in, um, an, an uptick in the level of activity month over month. So there were more contracts signed in August than there were in July, as was the case from July to June, I believe. Um, one, one thing that's we just learned this past week is that the there are 15,000 rental listings on the market, which is unprecedented in the history of Manhattan, as far as we know. And there's 90, currently 9,500, give or take, 
sales listings. So that's rather high too. And when we look at, uh, when we look at those kinds of numbers, um, we are in a buyer's or a seller's market, Jonathan. What do you think? Well, I think we're definitely in a buyer's market. I think, yeah, there's no question about it. We're in the buyer's market. So you mentioned it a bit, but we're, we're down 25% in terms of numbers of contracts signed. And I think we're up 25% around about. Month over for, month? Uh, no, for inventory. Oh, for inventory. Year over year, inventory and, and such. So that's a big swing. So we're seeing a lot of inventory come on the market and a lot less transactions being done, which every broker out there is feeling, regardless of what they say. So... Um, it certainly lends it to a buyer's market. And the number one takeaway from those figures is if you're a buyer, if you're in those categories, which we've talked about before, the main categories of the types of buyers that should be out there, the profiles, the primary users, the longtime holds, et cetera, now is the time to get out there and at least start to get your feet wet and see the inventory and and hopefully find a home and and grab it at a at some sort of discount how long will this last john i mean it, what do you think i don't think it's going to last i think it's going to be i think it's long. going to remain this way for several months yeah. until even after there is a vaccine put in place because there's questionability around the vaccine as no. well as the no, it's right around the corner, John. Exactly, COVID. The whole idea of COVID spiking. So there's a lot of fear in the marketplace. One thing I did want to just touch on and add in regarding the statistics is that information that we received is that there's different levels of negotiability, and so on cheaper homes. And I, when I say cheaper, I roll my eyes because it's, let's say, under a million dollars, let's say, or even a million five, the negotiability factor is going to be far smaller in, let's say, the three to five, around 5% 5 range versus in the upper categories, which can range anywhere between 10, 15, even upwards of 20%. But these buyers who are coming into the market who think that they're going to automatically get 20% off blanket across the board yeah. They're, they're doing themselves a disservice. The market's just not reacting that way. And the so, only thing, yeah, the only if, thing that I would add to that is that that does not mean that every apartment you go out and see, you should get five or 10% off. That is correct. What it it's means, going to be building centric. Right. It's very situational. An apartment may trade at what the last people sold. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And we're seeing cases where on those real coveted apartments, there's even some bidding wars that we've heard through the grapevine. We haven't exactly. experienced them ourselves, although I've had buyers that decided not to get into that situation. But um, the apartment may already be accounting for that discount. So you really need to work with somebody that can evaluate it because we've seen it on our listings where people, before they even come and see it, oh, they throw out like a ridiculously low offer. And we're like, that's what they're doing now. Correct. Right. That's it's very important for the audience. In. People so. who have never seen the apartments are putting in these outrageously low offers. And we say, you have not even seen the real estate. So, yeah. you know, one thing I will say as an alter, as a follow-up is that it is exactly building centric apartment. If each apartment's being evaluated differently, I have a transaction that I literally just got in place today and I received 8% off of the asking price and it was not a very large apartment. If you're interested in uh, more market data, the monthly market analysis and commentary on the market data, 
please sign up on our website, johnandjohnsellnyc.com, and get onto our mailing list. I think that's a great idea. What about you, Jonathan? Yeah, you'll get I'm on it. What about you? Are you on it? I, I went on it yesterday. I get I'm it already like getting five times, data. yeah. <laughs> what? I get it like at least five times in my inbox, yeah. So you can log on to johnandjohnsellnyc.com, become member of our mailing list, sign up on our website, and receive the monthly market updates, commentary that we have, etc. And you can also go to the show notes. So you're ready to speak with a broker about selling your piece of Manhattan. You're likely a mixture of a few emotions, excited, nervous, and looking forward to hearing that magical number. But there's a lot that goes into that discussion, even before a broker steps foot into your apartment. John and Jonathan are breaking it all down in this next segment. Okay, so so the very first step, I think, in properly pricing an apartment is for a seller to use an experienced real estate broker. Um, I am here to say that a novice broker, a new agent, is going to have challenge sometimes pricing homes unless they bring in a more mature agent, meaning Gestaska Conley. And we've priced many apartments, not only of our own, but for other agents as well. And uh, that's a great compliment to us that people will call us into for our expertise. So call an experienced broker. But then when, when they call or we call them, uh, we, um, we ask a, a full range of questions before we even meet with them. And that's gathering data because there's everything from- the, What kind of data? What, the, what flo- the, 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 how large the apartment is, when they bought the apartment, the condition of the apartment, have they done any upgrades to the apartment, et cetera. The first and foremost is working with an experienced broker versus an inexperienced broker. We have a a long track record of pricing these homes and novice brokers are many times over their head. They want to get the listing, but they don't know how to price the home. So we've not only priced our homes, but we've been counsel to many, many, many young agents in the field. That's a great compliment to us, but it's all, it also really helps the agent to secure the listing. So what do we talk about though, when, when we first point of contact with the seller? Why don't you go? Well, in that first conversation, we try to elicit any information from them that we can about the apartment, the big pluses, if there's any big minuses, although that's a, a less talked about category. They don't, you know, a lot of people don't see any minuses with their, their homes. Um, and you know, if they've renovated it recently, et cetera, et cetera. And then what we take that information, we obviously then the first step for us is to go into our listing system and, and run what we call comps comparables. So we'll look within the building. We'll look outside the building in like buildings that are within say, uh, you know, five to 10 block radius. Hopefully we can find it all. It's situational, of course. Um, because it may be a very unique apartment, maybe a penthouse, it may have a big terrace on it or something where we have to extrapolate uh, from uh, other comparable apartments that maybe are 50% comparable versus 90% comparable. If it's in a massive building and it's in an A-line and there's been three A-lines that have traded in the last year, well, that makes it much easier. So we'll take those comparables, we'll put them in a nice, neat marketing plan along with the Corcoran information, more information about us, et cetera, something to leave with the sellers. 
And then we'll go to the apartment. We'll meet with them in person. We'll see the apartment uh, firsthand and we'll ask them for a tour and uh, so that we can take it all in. That's right. And so before we actually walk in the door, you and I have discussed the apartment thoroughly. So we have looked at as much data as we have. And sometimes we're even in agreement on price before we walk in. Sure. A lot of times we're not, but many times we are. And we'll actually, you're so amazing on the computer that you will look at the sight line in the building on Google Earth. You'll look to see, okay, this is, this is the sight line. I'm like, it's amazing that you're able to do that. So, and then we'll come up with a semblance of price. So when we meet with the seller, the very first thing that we have the seller do is give us a tour of their home. And this is extremely important in pricing because our version of what the apartment price should be at our desk can vary greatly by the time that we go into the apartment. So as we're walking through the apartment, the apartment's showing, or the seller's showing us all sorts of things that they love about the apartment or that they did in the apartment. And we're looking at it through the, the eyes of the buyer. And so we ask the seller before we even discuss price, a very, very large amount of questions, not overwhelming them, but we talk about the home, everything from what? What do we talk about? Well, John, I wanted to ask you a question. When you say we look at the apartment through the lens of the buyer, through like the oh, eyes of sorry, the buyer, yeah, I lost what do you mean by that? I mean that a buyer is going to look at the flaws of the apartment, evaluating the flaws of the apartment, everything which is wrong in the apartment as well as what they love. So they'll love it. Oh my God, it's great. Oh my, oh my God, do you see that crack? Oh my God, what about this? What are they? And then they scare themselves. Water so, damage? We like to eliminate as many um, obstacles for the buyer as possible. So we're looking at it from a different perspective and we ask the seller everything from how long they've been in the apartment, what kind of work they've done in the apartment. Talk about what their plans are. Are they moving out of the city? Are they downsizing? Are they upsizing? But also uh, what's their, their reasons for selling, you know, because that helps us guide them. And we're, you know, listen, we like to be, uh, very honest, very forthright with our clients. And if they're just selling because they think it's a good time to sell and it's not a good time to sell, i.e. COVID 2020, we'll tell them that, you know, you know, I don't think if you're happy here and you don't need to sell this, you don't need to pull money out of it. You don't need to move to Australia or whatever that, that thing is, whatever the reason may be, if it's just, oh, I just thought it would be a good time to sell and they're just not informed on the market, and we tell them, maybe just hold it as, as it all, go back, all goes back to this being a relationship business. Mm-hmm. And we, that honesty is always appreciated. And it doesn't mean that our advice is 100% right all the time. Nobody is 100% right all the time. But uh, we try to get it as close as we can. Absolutely. And, and one that. thing that I missed is that when we, when we sit with them, we're also assessing every piece of furniture, furnishings in the home, how it's viewed to the buyer. And so staging has really taken on a major, major uh, level of importance in our industry. And we're big fans of it. And it's proven to help sell the real estate. So we sit with them, we gauge their level of reception to staging, and we build the case for the seller to stage in most instances. When the furniture and the furnishings work beautifully, there's, that's not necessary. So again, it's about 
gathering the data. And we'll so talk about staging more in another podcast, maybe. Yeah, that sounds like That's a good, good idea. Topic. But let's go back to this. So then before we give them the price, though, what would you say that we, um, so then what do we do, what do we do when we sit with them? Uh, so no, after we get, after we see the space, after we've had our sort of chit chat with the sellers, and of course the conversation always goes according to whatever rhythm that, that client's in the mood for. Some of them are very much, let's just get to the point, what's the number? Some of them wanna go through the marketing plan page by yeah. page and digest you know, everything as we're sitting there. But most of the time they, you know, they've invited us there uh, because they many times were referred to us or whatever. So uh, there's usually- That's what they say, cut to the chase. Cut to the chase. I don't need to go through the numbers. That's why you're here to go to the, leave it here. I'll look at it later. We need to sit down and talk about hard numbers, okay? And usually what happens is we talk to them, we open the book to the, the marketing plan to the comp section, and we talk about what's specifically traded within their building first. Uh, many times, if it's a bigger building especially, you don't really need to look too much outside the building. But if you do, if, there's, if it's more pertinent, if it's a type of property that really warrants, you have to look outside the building and, and extrapolate from there, we'll go there. And we'll really talk more in generalities about uh, what we've seen, again, unless that client wants more specifics, and we leave that for them. And then we talk about what we think the ultimate number is. Now, I think our team, our partnership, people benefit from when we run comps, as I mentioned earlier, like I run comps in one way, you run comps in another way. We're using the same system, we're using the same data but we do look at things a little bit differently. And sometimes one of us were a little bit different, you know, we're within a couple percent typically in terms of what we think pricing should be. And we generally come very close when we decide to give them our, our, our ultimate suggestion after we've done all of the due diligence of being within the apartment itself. So we'll sit down, we'll talk hard numbers and we'll give them our thoughts in terms of pricing. The one thing is that pricing is not an exact science. Pricing these properties is not an exact science. So there's, there always has to be taken into account the motivation of the seller um, and the current market conditions. Because at the end of the day, we say it all the time to clients, the apartment's worth what a buyer's willing to pay. And there certainly is always a range. You know, some apartments buyers won't buy for any price because they don't like the apartment. You know, that, that's just the, the nature of the beast. So, um, but ultimately we decide, we give them uh, either a small range um, or we settle on a specific number. Uh, sometimes, occasionally, we need to actually do a little bit more research because there's something they didn't tell us or there's something that wasn't readily available in our research, like they combined with the neighboring apartment. I think it's only happened once or twice where we walked in and we're like, this isn't, you know, it, it's got an extra room because what, what oddly happens sometimes for our audience to, to understand is like you may have an apartment, uh, say a seven room apartment, and it's a beeline. And they actually bought at one point in time, just one room from the neighboring apartment. And sometimes it was done by a previous person. It was done 20 years before they bought it. And it just gets lost in the mix. And then we go and we see it and we're like, wait, this room isn't on the floor plan. And they're like, oh yeah, I remember when we bought it, 
uh, the neighbors, they the sellers told us they bought, or the broker told us they had bought the bedroom next door in the bathroom. Well, it changes everything. So then we have to go back to the drawing board and just rerun our, our comps and such. But so, again, I think, I think that it, it also, that, that example that you used stems to our maturity as real estate brokers. So if we're thrown a curveball within the context of meeting with a seller, we're able to pivot, we're able to kind of readjust our thinking in terms of- You just want to get pivot in there? Is that what this is? Yeah. <laughs> we're able to readjust our thinking in terms of pricing. And sometimes if the if the uh, wild card is, is so, uh, wow, strange, we will say to them, look, we're going to come back and we're going to evaluate pricing and, and give you a call on that. So, yeah. so John, what's the, has anything changed during COVID? What's, what's sure. the, what, anything new, anything different during COVID times? Definitely. It, it's, there are different kinds of markets. So you have, in a rising market, people always want top dollar, top dollar, top dollar, you see. And so that's in some ways easier to price these things. Sometimes we price them and then either if they're too high, the market will have to wait to catch up to or the, the market evaluates the property and there's multiple bids. In a declining market, which we've been in, which now particularly it's been declining since 2018 slowly, but then COVID really through the you know, the, the bottom out in terms of pricing, it makes it extremely challenging to, uh, to price a home because we have to, as real estate agents, work towards getting ahead of the declining market. And that's very, very, very challenging because a seller who wants to say, oh, that's too high, that's too, oh, I'm sorry, that's too low of an apartment price. We, I want my apartment to be priced here, wastes valuable time and in not listening to us. And then they want to do these uh, very thin slices off the price and they're gonna get the bottom of the barrel. I literally today consummated, a, uh, well, at least got a, an accepted offer on a deal. And I looked at the, at the uh, history and the seller just priced it way too high, particularly in COVID. And now they had to hack it down. And that's to our benefit because you know, in this market, like in any market, Jonathan, a buyer, you know, the longer the apartment's on the market, the less valuable it's perceived. Yeah. And, you know, we call it real estate roadkill. Well, I love real estate roadkill without the buyer because that's- you have the buyer, yeah. You can get it at a very good price. So, yeah, and if they would have priced it appropriately at the get-go, they very well could have gotten more money for it at that time if they didn't burn the time on the market. So, so we, look at, we look at the level of negotiability and buyers, it is a buyer's market. Buyers are coming in substantially lower. That in mind, we've got to price the almost, and I can't even say the term underprice the apartment because in a declining market, you don't know where the floor is going to be but we price it very, very, very competitive to where we believe it's going to trade. And <clears throat> we build in the negotiability in many times. So if a buyer is still coming in 20% off of asking price at an unrealistic number, well, thank you, but no, the seller's already built in the negotiability or we'll have more rational buyers coming to the table that they're gonna see the value of how we priced it and they'll make a reasonable offer and then the deal can get consummated. Again, it's very challenging and that's the reason to call us because we have very good track record at pricing these homes. And we do this. I don't know what this is, but we do it and- And you do it well. And it sells like this, it sells. I think that at the end of the day, the number one 
uh, thing to keep in mind is that it's all situational. It's situational on the market, the condition. I mean, even the condition itself, when many, how many times have we talked to sellers on the phone before we go see the apartment? They're like, oh, my apartment's so lovely. I renovated <laughs> yeah. it 10, 15 years ago, but, but you know, it's really, I take really good care of it and it's really, it's immaculate, blah, blah, blah. And then you go there and you're like, okay, you renovated it actually 25 years ago and you're a hoarder. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a exaggeration. It does work but in reverse as well, where they're happens. very modest. It does work in reverse home. because people's perception of their own space is skewed because they live there and they probably love their space. Sure. So it's us again. It's us to suck the emotion out of it and to give them in black and white what people are going to look at when they walk through the door and what the value is most likely going to look like. Uh, for in black and white terms. Of course, there's going to be emotion. Of course, there's going to be those elements. But if you're too far off away from the black and white number, which, as you said, is very challenging these days to get to in a declining market, it's our jobs are full of uncomfortable and not fun conversations these days. It's much easier to talk about how much more are you going to make than your last than the last one that traded versus sure. how much less are you going to make. But, um, but that's our jobs and that's, that's, it's, it's part of it. And it, as we become, as we're longer in the business, as anybody gets to a certain level of, uh, of success or, or tenure in this business, you get better at being, you know what, this is what it is. And, yes. and it, 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 sugarcoating. sugarcoating it is, is such, uh, it's such a disservice to sugarcoat, especially in a declining market. Um, for these sellers. Thanks everybody for being a part of the John and John Sell NYC podcast. And again, I'm going to reiterate, it's such a crucial time for market data. So if you're interested in the monthly reports, our monthly reports, our quarterly reports, and our annual reports, please log on to johnandjohnsellnyc.com. Sign up on our mailing list. You'll automatically get the market data. And if they're interested in seeing weekly updates, they can do it now on, on our Instagram at John and Jonathan Sell NYC. And we're, we're posting because now Corcoran is putting together weekly statistics. We're using those and doing, putting those out every Monday afternoon. I love that. So love that. listen, thanks so much for watching, everybody. Have a Thank you, everybody. great week. We'll see you next week, buddy. Great to see you. Stay safe and healthy. And remain in gratitude. Thanks for watching or listening to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast, where experienced expert New York City real estate brokers, John Gastaska and Jonathan Conlon, break down what's happening in the market, what you need to know, whether you're a buyer, seller, or agent, and their insight into the future with a little bit of fun along the way. If you'd like to take a look at our listings, have a property you're thinking of selling, or are wondering if we could help you finally find the perfect place to call home, feel free to reach out. You can email us at info at johnandjonathansellnyc.com or reach out via our Facebook page or Instagram at johnandjonathansellnyc. If you enjoyed today's podcast, consider telling a friend or family member about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are some of the best ways of supporting our efforts and we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you again for tuning in. We can't wait to share what's coming up next. Subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.